Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I'm excited to have as my guest today, Jared Bartow. Jared's been working in the digital business landscape since 2001. Realizing that there was something missing inside of the marketing side, he dove in 100% to digital marketing in 2017. Since then, he's gone on to publish books, create personal development courses, and uncover more of how we can provide greater impact to ourselves and each other. Welcome, Jared Bartow, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Thank you, Brett. Glad to be here. So we just met a few days ago at a, a networking event, and Jared was a, a speaker at that event, and I said, this guy's got something to say. I should get him on my podcast, and boom, here we are, like two days later, and ready to rock. Two days later. <laughs> two days later. So <laughs> things happen fast in this business, baby. You got to be do. ready to they go. Do. 100%. It's, it's mock speed every day. It definitely is. So where's where's home, Jared? Where where are we talking from today? I am out in uh, Wommelsdorf, Pennsylvania, which is right by like Hershey. So if you're familiar with Hershey's Chocolate, we're right outside of there and really close to Philadelphia. I have actually been to Hershey Land before. There you go. It does Hershey smell Land, like Hershey World, it? whatever they call it these days. Uh, yeah, Hershey's Chocolate World, I believe, Hershey's is still Chocolate the name World. of it. Yep. All right. The town does smell like chocolate. True story. True yes, story. it does. So, <laughs> all right. So, Jared, I want to talk a little bit more about your speaking journey and how we got to be here today. So, sure. you've been in the digital marketing landscapes in 2001, as you mentioned. Now, mm-hmm. when did when did speaking become part of your part of your marketing equation, where you would either get on in person or virtual stages and start to share some of your expertise? So, I knew. I knew back in high school that I would probably need to learn how to speak in front of people. I had these debate classes that I was kind of voluntold to be a part of. So I'm like, <laughs> eh, I should probably get pretty decent at this, like read people, understand uh, what the audience level is. So I'd always watch like comedy shows mm-hmm. and just like the the ribbon going back and forth. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that's like. Um, so, you know, while it's quiet and there's like nothing going on, it's when I'm studying, I'm trying to figure out like what's happening, what am I supposed to do? And I, when I started to become a business analyst with a lot of banks and like well-known banks, I'm not going to name any names, just you'll know if I, if I were to say one of them, you're like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I probably, um, so owe, in, I probably owe all the money, Jared. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I was <laughs> I was part of a audit team that needed to um, to deal with some of them when their hands got smacked for robo-signing. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, but in any event, I need I figured at that point, I'm probably going to need to 
learn how to speak either digitally on stage, like in front of people that are either going to pay me money or I'm handling their money, right? It's going to be one or the other at some point. So I, I started doing that into a foray of let's just give this a shot and felt pretty natural about it. So then I started getting requested by different associations to come talk to their teams or come talk to the little events that they would do. And that was as early as 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of blew up into the digital space. And then of course, when the whole world stuff happened in 2020, that's when more opportunities approached for, hey, people probably need to know how to get their message out. So why don't I teach them and help them in that space? So I've been speaking since 2019, 2020 on digital yeah. landscapes. Yeah. All right. So how did the associations find you? How did you get those speaking engagements? It's a it's a very interesting thing in the business analysis space that when you start signing up for white papers, because, you know, that was the equivalent of what we do now for lead magnets. When you start signing up for white papers, uh, you start getting contacted. You start getting emails. You start getting phone calls. And it turned into my manager getting a couple of, of those requests and saying, hey, we need a BA to come and speak to one of these uh, events here. Do you have anybody on your team that would do it? He suggested I do it and gave me like a whole rundown of this is how we need to accept uh, criticism. This is how we need to accept people not agreeing with you because your ego is getting in the way. So we need to work on this and, and make you a little bit more uh, peaceful if people don't always agree with what you have to say. Um, so that's pretty much how that started. And then, of course, it usually, as we found out on Tuesday, uh, comes with the connections of the networking. From there, you get done talking. Somebody's like, hey, I have a question about this. I'm doing this type of class. Would you be open to doing it? And it just, it, it really snowballs from that mm -hmm. point if you stay open to it. So as your speaking has evolved, in my mind, Jared, there, there are three types of speakers primarily. One is the keynote presenter. I obviously paid a fee to go in and speak to a corporation or an association. Second being what I call the platform seller. So they're going to deliver content and then offer some type of continuing education at the end. And then the third is what I call just the business builder speaker. It could be a chiropractor or financial planner or whatever, who's just going out and speaking to local groups to make people aware of them and hopefully they have a need for his type of product or her type of product or service at some point in time. So again, as your speaking has evolved, which of those umbrellas do you fit in, do you feel? And if, if it's more than one, which is your favorite and why? Yeah, so it is, it's a little bit of everything. Um, and that's that's the beauty of being a, a business analyst turned digital marketer turns digital business analyst is that I, I have been trained for over two decades to meld and go wherever I need to go to fix whatever problems need to be fixed. So I think the the one I've enjoyed the most is usually the one where it's just the business building, because a lot of the pressure of sharing your material is off of you, but it's mm -hmm. also off of the audience that they're not like, oh, so here comes the pitch, right? Here comes the credit card thing. Here comes the wave it out. Like I enjoy those, but I think my favorite has just been the, the business building because you get to get say, listen, we're getting right into the material like we did Tuesday. We're just going to get right into it. Yeah, I have offers and stuff, but I need you to get this information. If you can adapt whatever we're, we're doing and implement it right away, that's fine because business will come back from that later. It will mm -hmm. show up. I have done the keynotes where I've been paid to just go speak, but then that also sometimes those feel like it's just, you know, fulfilling a need. It's like, yeah, they paid me to be here, but and I don't get to always showcase that I'm doing this because I want to. I, I I want you to hear this. It's part of a, a joy for me, right? Mm -hmm. So those have been my favorite ones to do. So as a business builder speaker, as your main, I don't want to say forte because I'm sure you're good at all of them, but as your the one that you like the best, let's say, what since 
it is a non-sales situation at the time. What do you do in terms of follow-up or connection with the audience so that that business can hopefully come to you at some point in time in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's where most people will will fall off because they don't have, I want to say they don't have a follow-up sequence to that, but they're not thinking of that, right? They're just, let's get the material out and that was done and all that. I'm typically, if you have any questions after we're we're talking about this, because typically Q&A, there's so many people that I'm like, I don't, we don't really have the time for it. I bake in a few moments, but usually not enough because when I teach and I speak, it's usually I'm giving you three main points every single time and just walk away with that, right? Because your brain's only going to really remember those and, and that's that. So typically that follow-up is come talk to me afterwards. And that's usually where I'll get the most interested people. And then we'll just either book a time to talk at that point. I'll grab an email. I'll I'll do it right on my phone if it's all like in person. If it's digital, we're doing messages back and forth, emails back and forth. And we're usually getting on each other's calendar pretty fast. And that's usually where that comes in. So I can figure out what exactly do you need? Because if you don't need it from me, I probably know somebody I can get it to you. So why wait and, and figure it out? Let's just do it within the next 24 hours if we can. So obviously you do both in-person and virtual events in terms of your speaking. So mm -hmm. what difference, is, if any, is is there in how you approach those two venues in terms of your speaking? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I would say the the in-person is definitely, there's more character to it. Like I like moving around on the stage. I like having that ability to connect. I, I will usually pick people out in the audience and I'll say something. And if they don't respond, I'll usually say something like, is this, is this thing on? Did you guys hear? Let me try this one more time. Cause I see some people like you start to play with the audience with the digital scape. There's a little bit of that delay. So you need to plan for it. So what I'll typically do is I will rush through some points that people might already know and be like, oh, he's already knows this. And then I will purposely slow down on things that they need to hit home, mm -hmm. that it, it needs to be in that space. You can do that a little bit more on the digital space because people might be distracted. They might do all that and they might be checking their emails. They might be typing up whatever it is or even sending an invoice in the moment you're doing your presentation, right? But if you stop, you slow down, people will naturally lean into that. It's harder to do it on stage because you, you can still do it, but it's it's different techniques that I like to do in that space. So what's your best advice for building rapport quickly with an audience? A fail fast, fail often, uh, say things you typically wouldn't say just to see what's going to happen and have a backup of, of what you actually want to say. And I mean that in that space of don't not just really like saying things to just see what type of, of weird reaction you're going to get, but understanding the room in the digital side and the, the physical side. By knowing who's going to be there, you do a little bit of research on what common thread there might be for everybody. Mm -hmm. So if you find something that you're going on a topic that you, you think might resonate, but you're kind of getting dead stares, nobody's really responding to anything, you bring it back to that common thread until you start seeing like the head nods. You're like, okay, we're back on, on space here. Let me try something else. It's always that feel comfortable enough to stretch into that unknown, but then have that like point of harbor if you will, if you're, if you're like to, to sailboat or anything like that, you have a place to come back home to. That's kind of that let's try something different and always having that in, in mind. So how do you determine Jared, if an audience is the right audience for you? If they are not laughing at some of my dad jokes or my really bad puns, I will, I'll just flat out be like, 
we may not be the best fit together, are we? And I'll, I'll look for that. I'm not really self-deprecating, but I'll give people the option to just kind of like nod their heads like, yeah, I'm not really your, your person. And you you have to be comfortable. Again, it's, it's all about that finding that comfort in the uncomfortable side of it that usually the audience I'm talking to, I can adapt pretty fast. But in my earlier speaking engagements, I stuck to the to the notes. I'm like, we're going to stick to the cue cards, find jokes that, that can work with that, um, especially like culture appropriate ones where when the first Iron Man came out in like the late 2000s and I was doing some speaking things there, if I would get a little too off topic, there was a scene in there where Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Tony Stark, would be like, I'm just going to stick to the cards this time. And I will use quotes like that if it goes in a way it doesn't work. And usually most people will will find that that arena together. But it's it's been very rare that it hasn't been the right audience. I, I really have to really think hard for an audience that didn't work. And now what I'm alluding to more so, Jared, here is how do you determine ahead of time before the speaking engagement actually happens if it's the right audience for you? How do you do your homework to make sure it's a good fit and it's a stage you should even be on? Mm. So I'm usually I'm asking anybody who's inviting me somewhere or this is, you know, they'll say like this is the topic we're we're going to be discussing. There was one recently where. I was talking to a lot of startups and that was one of the the digital ones that we did. It was more of a, I'm going to teach for about 40 minutes. And if you have questions, great. If not, we're just going to go to the next speaker type thing. And I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be my direct audience because most of these people were just doing startup businesses. They might just be graduating with a master's degree from the college that we were doing the digital speaking event at. So I, I pretty much assumed I, this was not going to be a business thing. I was probably not going to get any like additional business out of this. Mm -hmm. But again, that that turned into just asking the questions of the person that's running the event of what exactly is the the end goal here? Like if I were to offer something, what do you think would be the the good offer to do? And it's being flexible in that space of, well, I don't really have an offer for that, but maybe I can make one. Or, oh, I have an offer for that, but I don't know if they could have, like, it's it's really asking those types of questions that you would pretty much ask anybody if you were getting to meet somebody. Like we, uh, Brett, before we started, we were just asking questions back and forth to to make sure things are clear and, and what we're going to talk about and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's no different than doing that anywhere else. It's just asking questions to you get an answer that kind of makes sense and go for it. I mean, that's the, what's the worst that's going to happen? You'll get asked to speak again, but somebody asks you to speak somewhere else. All right, yeah, so it, it's list time, Jared. So give me your three best tips for achieving success as a speaker. Oh, man, practice in the mirror a lot. And when I say practice in the mirror, I don't necessarily mean like the words and just being comfortable and confident of, of that bravado, that approach, really. It's the face structures. It's the body language that's really being presented here because most of us will just have like this natural scowl look and we don't mean to, it's just, it could be like our resting face or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to look in the mirror, even on your worst day and still go, all right, good enough. We can work with this. If you're able to do that, you can practice a lot of these speeches ahead of time, which then leads to that second point of ask yourself questions that maybe other people might ask you and you don't, you definitely don't have answers to. So if you're forcing yourself to think about these answers, like asking a question that We'll say in my earlier years of doing the marketing, somebody might have asked, well, how do I know that I'm going to make money if I put money, like if I put paid advertising out there, how will I know I'm going to make money? And at that point, I didn't really have an answer. So I would say to myself, that's a great question. Let's find that answer. And in constantly doing that every single day, 
before you even, I wouldn't say before you even think about wanting to speak. It's like having an event as well give, forces you to be like, all right, we get we get this event in like seven days. I need to up my game. I need to figure this out. Which then leads into that third point of being gentle enough with yourself to realize that you will have enough answers if you're not constantly trying to figure everything out on your own. And we, I know we hear that a lot of this isn't, you know, one person show, this isn't a one man, one woman army that does require a lot of people and help to get where you need to be. So if we're, if we're in that space, right, even, even last minute suggestions people might have like, that are like hosting an event that might shift something up at the very last minute, being able to be flexible and opening to that. It is one of those things that will lead not just to like successful speaking on stage, but that leads to success in so many other areas that will, again, it all together makes it makes it a, a great melting pot of everything to just grow into where you want it to be. All right. That's outstanding advice. So I do have a couple other questions I want to ask you, Jared. But before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on Speaking Show. My guest in this episode is Jared Bartow, and we're talking about his speaking journey. So one of my most favorite questions to ask my guest, Jared, honestly, is, all right, it's time to bury your soul a little bit here and maybe share an embarrassing moment or two during your speaking career that, again, was embarrassing at the time, but a valuable lesson was learned, and it would be something that you highly advise new or experienced speakers not to do. <laughs> uh, there were there were two. So I'll give the first one and then I'll lead into why the second one matters just as much. So the first one, it was one of the very first like physical events that I've been to in a very long time that I actually got to speak at. So I was doing a lot of digital speaking for two to three years before physical was allowed, before we were allowed back in places, you know, so to speak in that, in that regards. So it was my first time up there. I definitely had a little bit of the nerves because it had been a while. Uh, I had muted myself which again, isn't really like a, a big deal. But then I unmuted myself and thought I was still muted. So I'm like, kind of, I wouldn't say like I was swearing under my breath, but I was not being very kind <laughs> to myself under my breath. And I started hearing chuckles and I looked out and that, again, this is where that humor comes in going, you guys heard everything, did you? Because this, well, at least the mic works. Sound guys, the mic worked. Next time, could you mute me please? So I don't make a fool of myself. And then I would say something, at least I didn't pee while I was on it. And then nobody laughed. I'm like, oh man. So I said out loud, it's going to be one of them crowds, isn't it? All right, fine. Here we go. So you just kind of like leaned into that awkwardness. But then again, we found that common ground. We just kept going. And people afterwards were like, uh, they started off a little weird, Jared, but I'm, I'm glad it, it handled off. I'm like, okay, cool. Don't make it too weird at the beginning, which leads into the second embarrassing one, which was the second is the same event that I got to speak at in three months later. It was like a quarterly thing. So I got to speak again. And this one was more of like the, we were talking more on a, way that we're talking to each other kind of like how i mentioned a little bit on tuesday it's more like the how we're speaking and all this so it's a lot about that communication aspect and there was a very specific book that i wanted to use and i had it out on my desk in the back i had everything ready to go and then i went up naturally of course forgot the book 
But instead of asking somebody in the back that was more than willing to bring the book up to me onto the stage, just off the, the side, I ran off the stage, ran, did not mean anything. So I'm like huffing and puffing back to the back, grab the book, come back up there. And then of course I'm out of breath. So it's up a little like giggles here and there. But again, it led into, do I really need to, to constantly look for that type of like awkwardness? And that, I mean, and that it's probably going to pop up naturally, but that's when it, it made me slow down and go, okay, listen, if you're going to do these events and you're going to speak like this, have your stuff prepared. And if you don't have somebody as like a backup, be like, hey, if I forget something, would you be willing to, to bring this up? Because whatever reason. And those were just like the two main ones recently within the past year. Recently, so it's a long litany of things over time, I'm guessing, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh, the ones where you forget to hit record and you were supposed to record it, so you missed oh. half the event that it was part of your speech, and then yeah, it's yeah, that, been, yeah. been there, done that, my friend. Been there, done that. You stare at the slides too long, like you, and then they don't move, and you're like, I don't know what to talk about. Yeah, those were early days too. Yeah, so those were are you a are you a PowerPoint person or not? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I am. Yeah. Um, there was one there was one speaking event that we did where each slide was specifically meant to be as simple as possible because mm -hmm. the overarching theme was the more simple we make the it was for business analysis like the more simple the requirements yeah. are, the more detailed we are allowed to be because we're simple and what exactly we're looking for, but we're detailed on how we want to get there. So every slide was like maybe three or four words. All right, very good. So Jared, I'd like to take a couple minutes now to allow you to tell people a little bit more about what it is that you do and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose. Perfect. Absolutely. So the, I've been getting this question a lot. It was like, you know, so Jared, what exactly, you know, if you've ever seen office space, it's like, so what would you say it is you do here? And I think the, the simplest way to put it is I either help you find more people for your business, or I help you keep the people that are already existing in your business. So I'm, I'm trained in both of those ways. And I usually focus on the marketing side because that's where a lot of people get hung up of if I could just get new clients, if I could just get new people interested, if I could just, and it's always that that thought process. So a lot of the work starts on there, which again, for you know main site that I have, omnifunnelsupport.com, that's where a lot of that you get to choose. So if you're familiar with the choose your own adventure or if I'm dating myself way too much here, uh, you get to figure out which path you want to take based off of where your existing need is. And the page covers all of that. And then a lot of free stuff that I hand out that will help you start right away is usually based off the path that you take. So that's the, the, the basis gist. If you need more clients and you're not sure where to start, then we start there. If you already have a few, but you're tired of getting new clients and you want to find a way to keep the existing people in your, your life cycle and you want to give them more, then we we walk through what that process looks like too. All right. So I know I'll make sure this appears in the show notes down below, but give us the URL again once, please. Sure. It's Omni Funnel Support. That's O-M-N is in Nancy, I funnel support.com. All right. Very good. Well, I want to thank Jared for joining me on two days notice to become a guest on the show. And as always, I thank everybody for listening in this afternoon or evening or morning, whenever you're catching this particular episode. And again, if you haven't been to SpotlightOnSpeaking.com, hop on over there and register with your favorite streaming service to be notified of upcoming episodes. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros. 
and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.